재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Time again for our weekly spotlight on interesting professionals, some of them dropping by or some of them actually coming back to Korea from spending time abroad. It's called People in Seoul, and today's featured guest is a documentary producer and director. She documents an increasingly popular lifestyle, one particular emerging lifestyle, which is called that of the digital nomad, a term used for people who work remotely, often traveling across various time zones and visiting different countries. So if you're getting tired of that office cubicle and you would like to uh, report into work from a beach in Southeast Asia or in South America, maybe this will offer some insight to you. Her name is Yujin Do, Do Yujin, and her documentary coming out is titled One Way Ticket. Yujin, welcome. Hey, Kurt. Great Thanks to have you me. here. Thanks. This is something, I, you know, I first learned about you, I don't know, about six or eight months ago, and I've been wanting to talk to you for the longest time. I, uh, I am so... Um, who doesn't dream about this digital nomad thing? <laughs> Location-independent work. Just have laptop, will travel. You're going to earn your income on a beach in Bali or uh, on a mountaintop in Peru. As long as you've got a Wi-Fi connection, you are able to work. Is it, is it all it's cracked up to be? Is it, is it the dream that, that I have? Or is it uh, harder than, than that? Yeah, it sounds pretty fancy and sexy. I mean, all the media, they really want to capture all the image, like, you know, like typical image when you think about digital nomad, uh-huh. like girl in the bikini with her <laughs> laptop on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every media use that kind of image for their thumbnail of their, those kind of articles. Uh-huh. And at the first time, I thought, well, yeah, it sounds really amazing. It sounds like a dream. But it turns out I just learned a lot why I travel and work for a company remotely and also interviewed all those people. Uh-huh. And yeah, I'm just going to share some of those stories today. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the work of producing this documentary is in and of itself kind of a digital nomad lifestyle because you're, you're creating this content and you're traveling and you're editing your clips and all of that. But had you, before doing this documentary, had you worked as a digital nomad first? Yeah, before I started making this documentary, I used to work for a company. That one is a finance startup located in California, but they didn't have any headquarters that they just registered. Completely, yeah, yeah, completely. Cloud-based yeah. kind of. Our engineer, they were staying in Russia and two were in, as I remember, in South America. And then I was the one who is more like doing marketing and PR stuff. Uh-huh. And I was traveling Southeast Asia back then. Okay. So, yeah. So that kind of gave you the bug in a way. Yep. And I suppose, I mean, this this virtual vagabonding kind of lifestyle has been around for a while, but I guess we can say it really got packaged and sold as a um, as a product with the 4-Hour Workweek, that book by Tim Ferriss, right? He sort of aggregated all of these stories, put it into uh, a bestseller format, and really sold it to a, a book-buying public. Hey, 4-Hour Workweek, you know, do more by doing less, uh, hire virtual uh, assistants around the world, and geo-arbitrage was his little term where, you know, hey, for the price that you could uh, rent an apartment in San Francisco, you can travel and stay in Argentina or in Phuket or in Thailand for uh, a fraction of the cost. So that kind of uh, 
sold the sizzle to people for the first time uh, to a mass audience. I think you actually met him, right? In, yeah. As part of your stuff? Yep. Yeah. Um, is he kind of the, he's sort of the founding father in a way of the mass market uh, digital nomad lifestyle or am I off base there? So, yeah, I filmed and interviewed him for my documentary uh-huh. because as we all know, he is like the one who started spreading out all this story to the mainstream, right? Sure. Like in 2007 with his book, like right. before our work week. And then um, if I briefly talk about the like certain trend in this digital nomadism, like mm-hmm. in terms of location independence, there are... Right now, it's really interesting stage because after his book, The 4-Hour Work Week in 2007, after that, like, all this, all the lifestyle, it totally spread it out in the mainstream and everybody, like, started dreaming about it. Yeah. But still, that one was not the reality, like, 100%. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, think about it. If you want to be, uh, live in this life, if you want to be in this kind of lifestyle, you should have your own business. It's not that easy. It's not for everyone. Yeah. But after 2010, around that time, a lot of companies, they started, you know, about all the emerging, booming startup industry sure. from the Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. And then all the tech-based company, they started, their, uh, they started let their uh, employee work from anywhere they want mm. to retain and attract better talent. Sure. So now you don't have to own your own business. You can be just like anywhere, uh, anywhere you want. Uh, while you work exactly you did in the office sure. for a company. Well, that's the, the the next question. I mean, to really succeed as a digital nomad, I mean, don't you kind of have to be a tech type? I mean, you have to be either a coder or in web development or something really sort of uh, Silicon Valley nerdy, you know, to be able to, you know, because you're, you have to do these relatively lonely and autonomous tasks with relatively little input from headquarters. You know, it's not, hypothetically, you could be a copywriter or something like that, or you could go off in another direction and be your own uh, business. Uh, If I had a nickel for every travel blogger out there that's trying to be a digital nomad by producing, you know, travel videos and things like that, I'd be a rich man. Uh, But it's not easy. The most successful ones are the ones that have hardcore web skills, right? Okay, so... um there are two things I want to talk about about that question. The first, I really want to emphasize, I learned or I found out myself, there is not a huge difference between a, let's say, desk job and remote work. Mm. Because, like, just think about it. Uh, there is not that many different, two different questions. Okay, how I can get a job? And how can get a, how I can get a remote job? Because the answer is the same. Hey, if you have a skill set, if it's needed in this job market, mm. yeah, it's going to be easy. But if you are not, sorry, maybe you need to do harder. And second, uh, second point is, as you said, a lot of tech industry, they are the one kind of pioneer in sure. this, in this uh, phenomenon, right? And then for them, remote working is like a perk yes. they can offer to their employee to attract and retain the better talent. Because as you know, the Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. it's really hard to get a talented quarter yes. and designers. That's right. Yeah, it's like a war. It's so. a seller's market for totally. highly skilled labor out there. And uh, if you're a good web developer or database manager or whatever, coder, um, yeah, hypothetically, you can farm it out to uh, whoever in India and all this stuff. There's plenty of places in the developing world 
where you can kind of get the skills, but to really get somebody who gets it and communicates well and really latches onto the project, that's a, a tight market. And so, you know, uh, if you, these companies want to give uh, their their employees leverage to go where they want to go and work where they want to work. So that's partially the impetus for these digital nomads. But there are like, you know, the original spirit of the digital nomad was, hey, I'm going to start a business. I thought of a brand new type of headphones or I thought of a brand new product, which is totally awesome. I'm going to have them make it in China and I'm going to have my virtual assistant take the orders in uh, Bangalore. And uh, they're going to be fulfilled via this online bank, and I'll just watch the dollars roll in, you know? That's the dream, right? You talked to how many people uh, for this documentary? Dozens? Mm. Hundreds? Around less than 100. I would say say between 70 and 80. And it's really interesting. Like, as you said, at least 40, more than 50%, 50-60% of my interviewee, they are in tech industry. Uh-huh. Like some of them, they work for a company or some of them is freelancer developer okay. or freelancer designer. Sure. And like 20 to 3, they are running their own business and like 10 to 20, they are more like, you know, bootstrapping their own startup in a like chip yeah. developing country so that they can uh, ex- uh, they can extend their runaway. Uh, runway. Yeah. Um, and did you notice a personality trait or characteristic common to all of those 70 or 80 people? Uh, obviously, they've got to be sort of uh, self-reliant. They can't, uh, ne- they can't really need a lot of coddling from a boss or all this stuff. They've got to have a sense of adventure. What other, what other things did you notice in their character? Mm. <laughs> Before I started this, making this documentary, I thought a lot of people... Like who are living in this lifestyle, they must be really um, extrovert. Yeah, you know, like who is who? All the people who really love mingling all different ah, really? people and cur- I thought you that. Thought that. <laughs> I thought that. And then it turns out, like many of them, they are actually very introvert. Sure. And it. Tur- I mean, you know, now it all makes sense, right? Think yeah. about it. Like you have to be really independent sure. because. I mean, most of the time, you can be disconnected from all the, your old friends Absolutely. back home and your family. And this parents. is one of the chief complaints I've heard from these digital nomads is that, yeah, it sounds real exotic. I'm going to be buying a new ticket to a totally. new destination. But you're lonely. You know, you're, you're meeting these new people every week and nobody's really staying in the same place. And yeah, so you've got to deal with loneliness. And who does that better than introverts? I really want to talk about more like amazing, wonderful story about digital nomads, <laughs> yeah. but... I knew, I knew it. I mean, it's not, it's not like that. It's just I mean, one of the conclusion. I personally, one of the conclusion about this lifestyle is, I would say, it's just exactly same. Sorry, but if I destroy your dream, sorry, but it's same. Okay. But only one difference is you have freedom of location. You don't have to move around because of your job. You oh. don't have to leave your loved one because of your job. Right. I mean, you can spend more time with your family, your children. I mean, right. So you could choose not to be the nomad and rather to be at the stay-at-home dad yep. or stay-at-home yep. mom. And also, we do have technology good enough to let people work from anywhere they want. Yeah. Let's talk specifically about your film, One Way Ticket. When's it come out, roughly? Uh, around, I would say, in May or June. May or June? <laughs> yeah. And most documentaries, virtually all documentaries, have a point of view. 
they at the end of the day they kind of say something. Are you saying that the digital nomad style is good or it's not so good? I consider myself more like messenger, you know, like a pigeon. Okay. Because uh, the one of the biggest reason I started making this one is I found out there have been a lot of books and blog posting and articles talking about this lifestyle. Yes. And some of them, they are trying to make a really total, amazing, sexy lifestyle package. And some of them, they are more talking about research and talking about all the digital nomad financial status, changing job market. And then I thought, okay, uh, at this moment, there is no a real good documentary on this problem, this one, this phenomenon. So I really want to talk about what kind of social and culture and economic factor affect this kind of phenomenon. And I just want to share all the story in many different ways. Were they uh, mainly from around the world or from any particular hemisphere? Did you encounter a lot of Asian digital nomads or did you encounter mostly North American ones or European ones? Um, so my interviewee, they are from North America and also from Europe, especially a lot of them from East, uh, Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. Yep. Okay. Because, because like... Uh, uh, there are uh, there are huge pool of really good developers. Okay. So yeah, I, I think Eastern Europe is kind of one of the emerging uh, region in this kind of remote working thingy. Eugene, obviously you are Korean. Yep. Uh, you are not what I would call the stereotypical Korean. You have uh, purple hair to start with. <laughs> <laughs> so you like Look, it or not? <laughs> I do like it. Thank it's a, you. It's a visual detail for those people not able to see you, Jin. But uh, she has long purple hair, and uh, so I'm, I'm thinking you are outside of the box on the straight-laced uh, mm. traditional stereotypical Korean. I want to ask you if um, this digital nomad thing could catch on here in Korea. Are Koreans well geared to become di- digital nomads? Because, I mean, the social aspect is really important here. You know, your sunbays and hubays and your your place in the hierarchy and how you get along with your your uh, team, your team jong and all of that stuff. Um, do you foresee Koreans being able to embrace the digital nomad lifestyle? Actually, one of the people who I interviewed so far, they were Korean. Mm-hmm. They are couple. They are married couple, and they used to work for a big, big, big Korean corporation here, like for years. And last year, they quit their job to study their own company, mm. and they they just realized, hey, we can do that. Why we travel? Let's do that. And you know, one thing really interesting when I film them, they uh, the thing they uh, what they did. Before hitting the road was exactly almost same with all, uh, with a lot of interviewees, but one difference was they did a huge presentation in front of their parents bef- before packing because they had to get the permission uh-huh. from parents. Yeah. You know they planned everything and they had uh, they explained all their detailed plan okay. and itinerary and everything in front of their two parents. That was awesome. Yeah, they have to justify it. Yeah. Because <laughs> God forbid the parents disapprove, then uh, yeah. Uh, okay, that that sounds like a, sort of a uniquely Korean thing to do, totally. to, to sell the idea to the parents. Did you get any of their presentation on film? I, I... Totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's kind of a, a, a Korean thing. Um, do you see yourself as a digital nomad going forward? 
Is this the lifestyle you personally want? Or having come in from the road now and producing this, are you like, oh, God, I'm just going to find a studio and do post-production for the rest of my life? Or what, what are you going to do? Uh, so last year was pretty hectic because I had to move around based on my interviewee's schedule, not my own schedule. Sometimes I had to move to the new city, from the new city to the next city, like in a, sometime in a few days. And after that, after one year, I got totally exhausted. Mm. And now I'm back to my home country for the post-production. And I'm so happy with that. Right. And... I'm pretty sure I really don't want to spend rest of my life in a one certain fixed location. Sure. Because when I have a freedom of location, I'm more happier. Of course. I'm really happier. Yeah. And I meet more opportunity. Yep. And I can meet all of my friends in all over the world. That's right. That's the thing is that, you know, it's not either or, is it? Uh, one of the things in that four-hour workweek book is like mini retirements, right? So uh, you can do a six-month gig in one spot and stay there, whether that's your home country or not, and then you can go off and digital nomad around for uh, uh, the rest of the six months. Of it's the year. like a full spectrum, yes. you know. Like some of them, they chose. Uh, some of them, uh, some of my interviewee, they chose be in the one certain location for more than one year because they want to have some feeling like more connected, right, with the older local community and everything. And some of them. They just stay there in their home with their family because they want to spend more time with their children. Yeah. And some of them, they are keep traveling because they really want to explore all the world. Yeah. And I found out many people who did that in their 20s, they actually try to settle down more than two or three home bases uh-huh. in their, their uh, They get their it kind 30s. of out of their system, don't they? Yep. And then they want to settle down. and it's uh, it, But having more different... Having multiple sort of prongs. Home bases, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel that way. I oh, feel... So, uh, uh, sorry, I would say more like base camps. Base camps. Sort of pre-positioned locations where they're a little bit more at home than just being purely nomadic. But it's not exactly, you know... It's like a full spectrum. Yeah. Some of them, they are doing that. Some, it's more like option and you can choose... Whenever you want. Yeah. Where am I going to be able to see this one-way ticket documentary? In June, I hope. In what? In film festivals or online or what? Uh, this film going to be released in early 2016, which is this year. And then this one going to be online for free. Oh, and, really? Yep. Yep. Uh, this, uh, I'm making this documentary with crowdfunding through my website. Okay. And which is I, what? Your website is what? DigitalNomadDocumentary.com. Uh, so if any of you guys are interested in this documentary, uh-huh. please visit DigitalNomadDocumentary.com. And is the crowdfunding over or can people still chip in? Still going. <laughs> still going. <laughs> okay. So there's a little plug. DigitalNomadDocumentary.com. And you have your own uh, YouTube channel. You've been kind of putting out little clips of this. More like short teaser, yes. Little teasers. Yeah. Is that called, uh, is that's on YouTube. It's, is it called Eugene Do? One-way ticket. It's still called one-way yep. ticket. So you're keeping the brand involved. Uh, how long do you picture this thing being uh, coming out to? Like a two-hour documentary? or? A- I, um, I plan it uh, from 60 to 90 minutes. 60 to 90 yep. minutes. 
I'm very excited to see it. This is, uh, I think, one of the first of its kind, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're blazing new ground. You're pioneering uh, a, a, a whole new form of media about these location-independent uh, virtual. And maybe you're going to pull back the curtain a little bit because people do get kind of starry-eyed about uh, yeah. this digital nomad lifestyle. I hope you're going to show some of the realities of it, like the loneliness. That's what and, I'm aiming for it right now. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Cool. Well, Eugene Do is the director, the producer probably the shooter too right yes <laughs> <laughs> i have some of my friend who is helping me out yeah. yeah all right of one way ticket it's a documentary about the emerging lifestyle of the digital nomad the location independent worker who can theoretically travel all around the world and still earn their pay eugen Great to finally meet you thank you for coming in thank you so much for having me thank you okay and we're going to go out of our show today on a little song. Uh, before I do, let me just uh, read the billboard. Koreascape is produced by Christina Saw. We have associate production from Jamie Lee. Writing is done by GP1. I'm Kurt Asian. Want to listen to a little tune by Ship Sen Chi. It's called Aprika Chong Chunida. The title is a play on words of a popular self-help book called Apunika Chong Chunida. Talks about wanting to leave without any worries. Maybe he'll be a digital nomad. Enjoy. Thank mm-hmm. you.